Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser Ilkovich. Each year, one of the amazing things that New York Women in Communications does is award 15 to 20 scholarships to graduating high school seniors and undergraduate and graduate students who intend to pursue or further a career in communications. The scholarship application is open now, and applications are due by January 25th, 2019. You can find the scholarship application at scholarships.nywici.org. That's scholarships.nywiki.org. We want to inform our listeners about the scholarship and encourage you to apply. At the recent Student Career Conference, New York Wiki held a panel all about applying for scholarships, and the panelists shared incredibly helpful advice, tips, and tricks. We're featuring this amazing panel in this episode of the podcast. Hopefully, this episode helps you with your New York Wiki scholarship application and any other scholarship you might apply for along the way. And if you're not in a place in your life where you're applying for a scholarship, the women on this panel are so inspiring, and a lot of their advice can apply to your career as well. So I hope you'll listen and enjoy. And don't forget that if you're interested in the New York Wiki scholarship, you can find the application at scholarships.nywici.org. And the deadline to apply is January 25th. Good luck, and I hope you enjoy this episode. really thought it was very, very important for us to put together a panel so you could learn a little bit more about scholarships and how, um, and how better to pay uh, for your education. So I am going to leave it to Lexi White, um, who is a former scholarship winner. Uh, and so she's, a, uh, she's still in college herself, and uh, I don't think there's anyone better to moderate uh, this panel. So I'll leave, it, I'll leave it to you, Lexi. Um, Well, thank you. I don't know if I can live up to that, but we'll see. Um, So really quickly, we're just going to introduce ourselves. So like she said, I'm Lexi White. I'm a senior at Ithaca College, and I'm the moderator for this panel. Um, I was the 2017 New York Wiki Scholarship recipient. I received the Meredith Corporation Scholarship. And then last year, I was the Alumna Award of Excellence Scholarship recipient. Um, Yeah, so if you guys just want to go down, introduce yourselves. Sure, I'm Leslie Hunt, and I joined New York Women in Communications about uh, 20 years ago almost. I'm a lifetime member, and I've been very involved in both the operational board and the foundation board. But in my real life, I run graduate programs for Baruch College, which is part of the City University of New York system, including a master's in corporate communications. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Lynch. Um, I am a 2017 scholarship recipient as well. I was in Lexi's class. I go to Marist College, and I've been involved with the Student Affairs Committee here at New York Wiki um, basically since I got the scholarship that April in 2017. So can't say enough good things. Hi, everyone. My name is Alana McCaddy. I am a two-time scholarship recipient. Uh, Just a little bit about myself. Last year, I graduated from Pace University completely debt-free. Um, after working very, <laughs> that's amazing, literally amazing. Uh, after working very, very hard and after many sleepless nights, I earned over $150,000 in merit and outside scholarships to fund my education. So now I have my own company where I help students and families obtain free money uh, to go to school for free. Yeah. Thank you. Free, one of my favorite words. 
Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Sandra Thomas. Um, I am also on the board of New York Women in Communications. I've been on the board for 10 years. I've been part of the scholarship committee for 10 years, so I've actually interviewed three of these people for scholarships. And I um, now chair, co-chair the scholarship committee. So I'm glad you all are here. This is great. The scholarship applications are in the hopper. Get them in. Uh, I am a recent retiree from WABC-TV, where I worked for 30 years, uh, the last 17 years as the community affairs director. And now I am starting a, m a number of things. One is which SPT consults, which I am the principal of, and I am working with nonprofit organizations to keep them on mission, to help them with strategy, develop boards, et cetera, et cetera, as well as getting back into the college environment to teach next summer is my plan. So watch out. Maybe I'll be here at NYU. It's a really nice building. Anyway, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Sandra's also um, one of the most badass women that I know. I can't really quite explain what it's like to like sit across from an interview table and have Sandra interview you, but um, basically if you can be interviewed by her, I think you can be interviewed by anyone. Um, Lexi. Lexi also interned at WABC-TV. Yeah. It was an intern extraordinaire. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I just want to get right into it because I think uh, definitely there's going to be a lot of questions. So thinking about applications that you've either submitted or reviewed, what are some of the things that you think either made you stand out yourself or that you saw other people stand out? Okay, so I'll go. Um, one of the main things I think that helped my application was ensuring that I had someone look it over before I submitted it. That is huge. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give you an example as to why. I was actually sitting in on a reviewing process, and um, there were three people looking over scholarship applications and just going through them really quick. They had one pile here and another pile there. And I was like, oh, okay, what's, you know, what, what pile is this? What pile is that? And they were like, well, this is the pile that we're going to continue to look through, and then this pile is going in the trash. And I said, for what? And they said they have grammatical errors and spelling errors, and we picked it up. So you really just want to make sure that you have people looking at your application before you send it in, because if they find little, little errors that you could have picked up, you know, if had someone looked it over, then you're missing out on an opportunity, right? So make sure that whenever you are applying to a scholarship, you have at least two people look it over, so that way you can actually make it to the second round of review. I'll speak to the New York Wiki scholarship specifically because the number one thing that was stressing me out when I applied when I was a senior in high school was the interview portion. Um, I'd done one-on-one -on -one interviews before. Um, I, they were always super nerve-wracking for me, and now I was being interviewed by 12 women who, when you read your bios, just, your mouth is just dropping. They're so accomplished. And I walked in that room, and I sat down, started answering those questions, felt better about myself. And then I was asked the question, I specifically remember this, um, who is a woman that you'd like to have lunch with? And I answered instinctively my true answer, which is Julie Andrews, because I'm a theater nerd, and I love all of her movies. And as I'm explaining why, I was kicking myself, and I'm thinking, why didn't I answer a woman in communication, I'm at New York Wiki, like this doesn't make any sense, but I was looking at the faces of the people interviewing me, and it was almost like relief and surprise, because it's an answer that I don't think they would have necessarily expected, and it was authentically me, and it showed that I was a more 
well-rounded person than someone who just thinks about journalism and PR all day, and that's the only thing that I want to do, and it's the only thing that makes me happy. It's not. I love musical theater. Um, I love movies, and when I answered like that, um, they really appreciated that, I think, and it worked out in my favor. So that's a bit of advice. Just be your true self, even if you don't think it's exactly what they're looking for. Um, as a person who spent a lot of time reviewing scholarship applications, I think you both brought up excellent points. Absolutely hands down, uh, especially if you, if you know your audience, make sure that you have looked at that application and you have checked out all the typos and things like that. Um, grammar, absolutely. Being authentic in your application is really important because, you again, you don't know who's going to be in the room, so you don't know how many Julie, Andrew fans might, Julie Andrews fans could be in the room. You don't. And it only takes one, really, to make, make a change. But I also think as women, we sometimes undersell ourselves. And when you fill out that application, try to just do what the guys do, right? Seriously. You know, just if you're great, say you're great. You know, don't, don't pull back. Don't feel you need to pull back. And I think that's one of the things that sometimes shines through when people are sort of pulling back. So I, I definitely advise you to do that. I think my advice would be to make sure that if you're writing an essay for the scholarship process, that you take time to reflect on what the question is asking you and that you actually answer that question um, often we receive applications that have really generic responses. And what we're really looking for, for in the application is someone that can tell the story of who they are authentically, um, but also really address whatever it is that we've asked you for. Someone else in that pile will have really done a good job of addressing that question. And I think scholarship applicants often miss the opportunity to uh, read that question and then ask other people how they read or interpret it so that you have, a, you, you have sort of a variety of starting points of how you might go about responding. But for me, a, an, a phenomenal application is one that uh, tells the story of that person directly in response to what's asked of them. I definitely agree with everything you guys said. I think that's really good advice, too, because I remember in my New York Cookie um, interview I was like a little nervous but then I just like really tried to stay true to myself and I felt really confident like about halfway through because I realized like the answers that I were giving were very authentic and I think that's the biggest thing and then having people that you can trust that will reach application and give you honest feedback of like hey this kind of sucks or like you spelled everything this wrong is like really like so 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 valuable what kind of resources do you think students should be using to look into scholarships because I know like for me I was using websites that were just emailing me like oh you're really great for this scholarship and I would open it up and it'd be like something for math which I obviously can't do so like what resources do you think that students should be using um, that you think would help them find scholarships not only that are worth applying for but also are tailored to, the, to them I would always 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 use and I know how silly this may sound Google I actually found the New York Wiki scholarship through Google. I literally just put in a few keywords, communication scholarships in New York City, and literally the first scholarship that popped up was New York Wiki. New York Wiki wasn't on any of the scholarship search websites, so like FastWeb, CapEx, I didn't find that scholarship on there. I literally took the time to set aside to 
just do some research. Just to go on the computer and just to type in a few things, you will actually find stuff. So if you are involved in public relations or advertising, go to Google and ask (laughs) and put in there advertising scholarships for women in New York City. And you'd be surprised at what you'd find. Or if you're into something else, theater, you know, look that up as well because you want to always apply for scholarships that resonate with you and that align with your interests. Right? You don't ever want to apply for scholarships that has nothing to do with you, like, you know, math. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to always apply for scholarships that have everything to do with you. So look for them. Go to Google. Also, the local library. The local library also has a lot of uh, different resources and, and different scholarship opportunities that you can look into, grant opportunities and all of that great stuff. But you just have to actually go out there, do the work, and look for it. I would definitely say also um, using the resources at your college career services. Um, I was in high school when I was looking at the scholarship, and I know my guidance counselors had a blog that probably about three people checked. And they would just every once in a while like post a link to a scholarship, and I would refresh that page almost constantly looking for opportunities for me um, that were applicable to what I wanted to do, for what field I was looking um, to go into, my major and such. And it was a really valuable resource. So ask those people who have the connections, librarians, guidance counselors, professors. They might even have other resources, um, websites that you don't know about or might not pop up in a generic Google search. Um, They'll be great points of contact for you. I just want to echo the librarian. Your local librarian is a deeply underused resource. Um, But I would also say um, a lot of people just um, go directly to the obvious subjects, like fast web. But there are, like like the New York Women in Communication Scholarships, there are many small scholarships that are available from, from locally, from your local newspaper from your local Rotary Club, from your local um, junior league, from um, your local library even, potentially. In my town, the, the library has a little scholarship. And I think, people, I think people envision that you're going for the big one, but really what you want to do is amass as many small ones as you can while going for the big one. And that's going to mean that you're going to just ask your neighbors, your friends, whoever you go to church with or synagogue or mosque. You're going to ask local businesses. Your parents. You're going to ask your parents, (laughs) your parents' friends. Um, But don't underestimate the value of those. They can really support your education. And then the the other thing I would say, because I've spent most of my career in admissions, is that you should just ask the admissions office too. Um, they're not going to be upset for you asking about how you can possibly you know, come to their institution. And they may be able to answer for you the typical types of scholarships that students come in the door with, and that may give you some indication of what would be a good match for you. Because if you're a good match for that institution, you're also potentially a good match for that scholarship. Yeah. I think that's great. I, um, I am a firm believer in using what you've got so part of the, the first step, I think, is reflecting on who you are and what, what makes you a complete person. So your ethnicity, your religion, um, what kind of sports you like to do. There's a myriad of things that make up who you are. And sometimes it's, as Alana said, putting in the keywords to that. Scholarships for people who are five foot five. I don't know. But I think that you don't know till you look. So I think that it's really essential to think about that part of who you are and use who you are to try to get money because there is a lot of money out there 
Uh, in, in terms of what Leslie said, it's true about reaching out to the people in your first circle and then maybe a little wider. Uh, and there's tons of resources out there. That's really great advice about, especially loved um, your part about that you should just find people that you know in your community, you know, that have the hookup to those local scholarships because those add up. Um, so my next question is specifically for Sandra and Leslie. Can you guys talk a little bit about a wow moment that you had when you were reading a scholarship application? You can take a minute. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be really honest. It's really difficult to answer that question for me because my experience in the past 10 years with New York Women in Communication scholarship applicants is it's almost all wow. It's really, really tough. Um, I think that in, in many cases, it's the odds that people have come through in order to get to the table where we interview 30, just 30 out of hundreds of young women who have applied, uh, is sometimes remarkable. I think one of the stories that I'll always remember is the woman who was a mom and had many children and applied for a scholarship, and I thought that was pretty formidable. But I don't... There's so many that stand out for the diff different reasons. Sometimes it's the odds that it took for people to get there. Sometimes it's what people have done in as high school students, especially in their four years as you know high school students between 14 and 18 that have blown my mind. So it, it, it's endless in some, in some ways, I would say. I have to say there is a lot of wow out there, and particularly on the New York Women in Communications end. But the things that stand out to me in terms of a phenomenal application is that it's a person that understands that this um, scholarship is an opportunity. And it, that opportunity is going to lead you to another achievement. And so the scholarship applications that I really respond to are people that can tell me what they're going to do with it first Meaning, if I get the scholarship, this means I can do this at that institution, that college, or that degree, and I can't wait to go to that school to do this very specific thing. And once I learn how to do that very specific thing, then I hope to do fill in the blank. And it's the person that can really help us understand how you will value, how you'll use this resource of the access to the education and the opportunity to really carry you forward. And I know that I love it when an applicant can help me understand what the vision all the way through is, both where they came from, but also what the destination is. I would also say, you know, last year especially, and, when I, and, and I'm not really, I'll just say last year especially, I remember we had this group of, of young women who came in, and one of the things we started talking about when we asked the question around, why do you think you would be good for New York Women in Communications? One of the things we talked about is looking at people and understanding who was part of our tribe. You know, we used that word a lot last year because we just knew. Because the women in the room who are interviewing you, uh, most of us have been doing this together for 10 years. So we, we know each other well. We know who's going to be a little bit of the class clown. Um, and, try to, and try to make you feel as comfortable as possible while assessing you. We know who the tough cookies are. We know who uh, is really just laying back and waiting till the end and seeing how you land it, right? So part of it is really just assessing who, who you are because if you've made it that far, you're, you're pretty awesome. But I would also say that anybody who goes for it is pretty, pretty special, 
Because it's easy to think about applying for a scholarship. It's, it's another thing to do it. And it's essential that you have nothing to lose. And we have also had stories of students who have not gotten the scholarship the first time, the second time, and then maybe the third time, whether that's is there a junior in college or even a uh, freshman in college, they have just figured it out and bam, they've made it happen. So that's awesome. I definitely think I know we talked a lot about the New York Wiki scholarship, obviously, but that was something I really noticed in my um, interviews was just like that the scholarship, it was really apparent, was more than just money, and then you leave, and you're not connected to New York Cookie, and you never talk to anyone again. Like, they really are looking out for you, um, and they want to see what you do, you know, with these resources that they're giving you, and that opportunity, and, like, now you have all this access to this really great organization with so many cool women that have amazing bios and will literally do anything for you. You just email them and ask, um, and that was, like, really important to me to the interview. Was like, I felt like I was getting more than a scholarship. I was, like, getting a mentorship and resources and just, like, access to women that wanted to help me for some reason. So I think that's, like, a really important thing to look at when you're looking to scholarships is, like, look for maybe some that are more than just... Obviously, the monetary is really great, but maybe looking for something that's a little bit more than just that. Yeah, I just want to say, Lexi, though, that it's not just about what the women are going to do for you. What we also are looking for is the young women who are interested in supporting the organization and are paying it forward. And that's part of why you're all sitting up here, because you were those people. And it's sort of like being... It's just being part of a special organization, that you, you feel this sense of wanting to give as much as you want to receive. I would just add to that as well. It would be so easy if you won the scholarship to just go to the scholarship sleepover at the Sheridan, stuff your face and the, yeah. all the free food that they give you, appear on the Today Show, and then say goodbye. You know, you had a great experience. You could put it on your resume that you won a scholarship. I think you would truly be doing yourself a huge disservice if that's the way that you took it. Um, join the committees that this organization has for you. Get involve yourself in a leadership position. Become a mentor to people who are younger than you. Even if you're a freshman or a sophomore in college, there are still opportunities to talk to high school students, to talk to freshmen or younger people at your university who don't know about communications, and you can lead them to the organization and say, hey, here's a place where you can go um, to a networking event to hear a speaker, and this can help you forge your path. Um, there's so much that you can do, but you have to take the initiative even after you win the scholarship. Yeah, it's definitely really hard to just kind of like walk away because you want to give back so much. Um, we could talk about that for literally ever, but um, I really want to know, are there any tips or secrets, this is for all four of you, that you think students should know specifically in regards to like an essay and how to formulate the essay? Are people reading the entire essay? Is it one person reading the essay? Um, kind of in regards to that and really how to make yourself stand out um, just on paper. I think what Leslie said is, is right on, which is that you really need to answer the questions. Um, and usually there's a question as you go into uh, any essay and really understand it. And if you don't, ask someone. Uh, I think that's where people sometimes fall off is they are afraid to ask questions about things, and it's essential that you do. You know. Just to answer your question about how many readers there are, in most of the scholarship processes I've been, there have been at least three readers um, whether we read the whole thing or not depends on how tall the pile is sometimes, just to be honest. Um, but it also matters how that essay starts. 
So like, just like any write, reading or writing you would do for school, you want it to be compelling enough to, for someone to want to finish what you've written. And um, I would say when I had a tall pile, only about a third of them start in a way that make me want to actually finish them. Um, so, and then the most wonderful ones are like a good comedian. You know how a good comedian can sort of make the callback to the earlier joke? And like the joke just keeps going throughout the entire set. The best essays start with a really, uh, really lovely hook. It, it sort of carries you through whatever the response needs to be and then somehow makes a call back and sort of ties it up with a bow. And those we read and we reread and we pass around. Some of the other ones you just sort of skim because very quickly you can assess that the person either did not pay good attention to detail in terms of answering the question, spelling, and really didn't think about me as the reader and what I would need to know immediately to be able to become excited about them. I, I also want to uh, piggy off of that. Uh, one, an, another important thing to also take, uh, take into mind is the mission statement. Um, Whenever I would be, was approached with a question such as, why do you deserve this scholarship? I would always go to that organization's homepage. I would find, what is their mission statement? What is it that they're setting out to do? Why are they giving away money? And then I would tie that into my essay somehow, right? So if they're wanting to emphasize leadership in, in your local community, tie that in. How, how are you a strong leader? How are you exercising leadership within your community or within your school, right? And then when they see that you're tying in their mission statement and you're basically bringing it full circle, it shows that you've done your work. You've done your homework. You've learned, you've, you've learned what it is that they're aiming to do, right? You've educated yourself on this organization instead of just submitting a generic, yeah. you know, application. You know, it shows that you've taken the time to really understand what it is that they set out to do. And then you've even went a step further and showed how it is that you tie in with their mission, with their goals, and all of that other wonderful stuff. And just like a last thing about that, you, if you're writing especially for smaller scholarships about something very specific, mm -hmm. it could come across to you as being a really boring topic. Mm -hmm. And if you think it's boring, your writing's going to be really boring, right. too. <laughs> yeah. So you have to write about that topic that may not be the most exciting thing ever, but it's got a good scholarship in a way that is enthusiastic, comes at it from a different angle than they would ordinarily be reading, like you said, hook them right away. Um, and I think that's a really good approach. And that definitely takes time and it would take, you know, passing it along to somebody and saying, hey, like, how do you think about this opening? Did it catch you? Like, how can I hook you better? Um, and passing it around to people that you really trust and admire. Yeah, that's really great advice. Again, have people read over your stuff before you submit it. Um, so what do you guys think is the best time to apply for scholarships? Like, does it matter if you're the first person that's applied or the last person that's applied? And do you think it's better to apply, like, fall, spring, summer, high school? Wait till you're in college. I, so here's the thing. When I was, during, while I was in the trenches, applying for scholarships and doing all of that wonderful stuff, um, I found that scholarships, I would say the peak season is, has a tendency to be from November till like April. That's when I saw the most deadlines. So that's when most of the deadlines occurred. But I always say that applying for scholarships is really a year-round activity. Because say if it's slow, right? Say if you don't see a lot of scholarships during the summertime, you can still be preparing scholarship applications for the fall. 
right? And getting all of that prepared in advance instead of waiting till the very last minute to get your application materials together, right? So you can always be doing something to basically increase your chances of winning scholarships, even if that means just simply preparing during off-season. But really, scholarships are available to you 365 days of the year, all the time, right? You just have to, again, go out, research it, find it. And if it's not due until September and it's June, start preparing your application. Start having people look over it. Get all of the materials that you need in advance. So that way, once the time comes around, you can simply just send it out and then be done with it. My, my answer is a little bit simple, which is when they're due. I, and I, that sort of seems overly obvious, but you know the number of people that I've received an application, a scholarship application for 12 hours after it was due, it just makes me sad for them. So the deadlines are real most of the time. Um, and I would say that in, my, in our process, at least on my campus, there is, um, uh, we do not f- um, discount people who apply at the last minute, although I would encourage you to get them in before the last minute because if you've done all of your preparation and planning, this is not a last minute activity. It really is not a last minute activity. Um, and then the other thing sort of about the seasonality of it, I've observed that I get a lot more applicants in some seasons than in others. And, um, and so that means there's less competition sort of in the off cycle. And so I would encourage you just to understand what the deadlines are and to remember just to apply throughout the year. Can I also say something in, in regard to that? When you were mentioning getting applications after the deadline, I actually had a very unfortunate experience with that. Um, so I, in college, there were times where I liked to procrastinate, not necessarily by choice, but it happens, right? We're young, we enjoy going out, doing different things, and that sometimes took priority. Uh, but there was this one scholarship application in particular that I knew about for two months. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get it done, right? So a month goes by, and I'm like, okay, i got to really start planning for this application. i really got to get this in. A week before the application is due, okay, I know I'm going to get it. I'm going to get to it. A day before, I was like, okay, well, I have to do it today. If I don't do it today, then that's it. So I start preparing my application. I think all I needed was an essay and an activity list, a resume, stuff like that. And then I already had my recommendation in hand. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can get this done. So it was like five hours before the application was due. Spent, took me five hours exactly to get the scholarship application prepared. Five hours of my day. So the scholarship had to be submitted online, right? So I'm going and I'm uploading my materials. It's 11.55. The scholarship is due at 12 a.m. So I was like, okay, got to get it in. I'm excited. I'm like, okay, I finished it. As I go to submit the scholarship, the system crashes. The whole website just black. I'm like, what just happened? So I immediately email the support, the, the person in, r- responsible for the scholarship, and I'm like, hey, like, I, I tried to submit my scholarship application, and the system just shut down. Can I send it to you through email? And she emailed me back, and she said, Alana, if you had read the instructions or read over the requirements section, you would have seen that at the same time you were trying to apply, many other people are also trying to apply. And our system does have the tendency to crash. So unfortunately, 
we're not going to be able to do anything about it because we always advise students to apply to apply a little bit earlier or else you will experience technical difficulties. And so five hours of my life, gone, right? So please ensure that you are taking the time to really prioritize uh, these scholarships and applying beforehand. You don't want to ever do a scholarship the last minute because one, you're going to have a higher chance of, uh, you know, again, grammatical spelling errors if you're rushing through it. And, you know, if you're submitting it online, there's probably going to be a lot of people also trying to submit their scholarships. So the system may crash just like it did for me. And I did that two other times until I really understood stop doing it, right? So just make sure that you're doing it in advance and just getting it out there. That just broke my heart a little bit. Oh, my God. Breaks my heart still. Yeah. Well, we had talked a little bit, too, about, like, kind of treating scholarships, especially if they're that important to you, like internships, like really doing the research for it, prep well in advance and like take the time out of your day, like add it into your homework time or add it into your like internship application time because they can help you so much. And if they really are a priority, yeah, um, kind of treating it like an internship, I think is like a really um, good way to go about it. So we only have 10 more minutes. Um, So I wanted to know what advice um, do you wish you had received when you were applying for scholarships? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, One major thing, I I started the scholarship process at the end of my junior year of high school. And in the beginning, I was always afraid to go to my teachers or even my family members for help uh, just to to look over my application because I felt like I would be a bother. Uh, I was applying every day so I had so many different applications and I felt like okay if I go to this person again they're going to get annoyed or this and that but you have to understand that when people are actively offering a helping hand it's because they want to they want to see you succeed so when you do take the time I think it's important to take the time to develop a support system and have them understand that this is what you're trying to achieve and that way they will always be there for you right so After, like, a year, I started realizing, like, okay, I really do need help. Like, I do need people to look over my stuff. I do need that support system because the scholarship system, or excuse me, the scholarship process can get very discouraging sometimes when you're, you know, receiving rejection letters or not hearing back from certain organizations, right? Sometimes I felt like I wanted to give up. But when you have that support system around you saying, no, keep going, this is what you have to do, I... I personally didn't have a choice. No one else was helping me with it. That's when I was like, okay, let me just develop the support system. Let me set aside all of my fears and, and, and let me just set aside this idea that people are annoyed of me and let me just seek that help because I need it and I need it to be successful. And if I didn't set aside my fear, I probably wouldn't have been as successful as I am right now, walking away debt-free. It's honestly one of the best feelings and I wouldn't have been able to do it without my support system, so my teachers, my mentors, uh, my family members. They were all very, uh, they were a part of my process, and and without them, I I wouldn't be here. I really wouldn't. My advice would be um, don't let a no make you think that the time you spent on that application wasn't worth it. Hearing about those five hours does break my heart because I'm somebody who loves to put time in and see results almost immediately. I tend to be a little impatient in that regard. Um, And I can think of a specific instance when I was a senior in high school, I was up for the Park Scholar 
um, scholarship at Ithaca would be a full ride for all four years, which is like crazy. And I went to the finalist weekend and it was four days of complete chaos and interviews all day long. It, I was completely wiped by the end. I'm pretty sure I just slept for three days straight afterwards um, and I didn't end up getting it. And I was like, wow, that was like four days of my life. Many, many essays in preparation for this. And now it's nothing. And now reflecting back on it, I got so much experience from that weekend as far as interviewing, networking with people, meeting new people my age, being in really stressful situations and telling myself, you're confident, you've got this. And that has served me so well in so many of the other areas of my life. And I'm at the college right now where I'm supposed to be. I know that 100% in my heart. And I look back on that weekend now and I don't consider it a waste of time, even though I didn't get free tuition for all four years. It's fine. Um, I well, me still, neither. Me yeah, neither. There's still so many positives that can come out of a no. I, I mean, I you know haven't applied for a scholarship in a thousand years, but... <laughs> In terms of advice, which taps onto what Alana said, and I had this conversation this morning when I was talking to my mother, is that one of the things you don't, you don't think about too much when you're in high school and college is that your teachers and your professors want to see you succeed. So going to them is exactly what you should do. Because we've created this seemingly one-way relationship where students want things from their professors or want things from teachers. Teachers want you also to succeed because that's why they teach. They teach because they want to see a cadre of young people meet success. So that is step number one. Is, and especially when you're in college, whether you're going to come out debt-free or not, you're paying them. So keep that in mind. That's what I wish someone had told me because then perhaps I wouldn't have been so reluctant to ask for help as well. But know this. That is exactly what they expect you to do. Take advantage of it. Yeah, and especially, like, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially if you know someone that has gotten the scholarship that you're applying for or has applied for that scholarship. I remember my first year applying for the New York Wiki Scholarship. I called, like three scholarship recipients from Ithaca College, and I was like, can you walk me through everything that happened? And it was so helpful, and just like to even understand the process of like, okay, is this organization going to tell me, yes, and am I going to hear from them whether I got it or not? Like, that's really important to know, too. Just little things like that are like, someone to tell you, like, hey, you're going to go into an interview, and there's going to be 10 women, and like, this is the person that's probably going to lead it, and just having someone be able to walk you through the process because really every scholarship interview application process is so different so if you can reach out to someone even if you don't know them and you saw that they've won it before and you can reach out to them on LinkedIn and just be like hey you know I'm just looking for advice from you people are going to be really willing to give it and that is like so valuable because I definitely don't know if I would have like survived without other people's advice so if you can find out who had it before you um, just reach out to them because the worst it's going to do is like they don't answer you. Or us at the end of this panel. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's yeah. about preparation. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember you having a notebook sort of just like that when you came into your... Yeah, like ten pages. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. came in and you had notes and you were prepared when you came in. You had questions because yeah. you had already received the scholarship, but you wanted to make sure yeah. that you were prepared to receive another one. 
Yeah, definitely. And I also really quickly agree with what Sarah said about like not looking at it as oh that was a no. I remember getting in my car, my mom's car, after I won the or after I had my interview with New York Wiki, and she was like, "You're so happy. Like I must have went really well." And I was like, "Yeah, I think it went well." But like I also got like amazing advice. I remember the last like five to ten minutes of my interview were just them giving me really great candid advice and that was awesome because like I got to network with them but you also just get to it's interview practice you get so much out of just even applying you get to practice your writing skills you get to talk to people that have gone through it so like I think I completely agree with that just try and like even if it's a no just look at things in like a really positive way of you know what at least I tried I had the courage to go out and apply and at the end of the day it was good interview practice and can I just just very quickly this is actually something just to piggyback off of that, definitely, when you get a no, do not allow that to discourage you or to stop you. Um, I, I remember there was this one scholarship. It was titled $5,000 to 5,000 students. And I was like, okay, so there's probably going to be a lot of students applying for this. I probably don't have a good chance of winning, but I'm going to apply anyways, right? So I sent in my application. It was very simple. And I got a notification back. Then, like next month saying, hey, Alana, you've won the scholarship. You've won $5,000. We're going to now celebrate your accomplishment on the monument grounds in Washington, D.C. So I was like, okay, cool, wow. So the day comes, me and my family hop in the car. We're on our way to Washington, D.C., and I'm expecting to see numerous kids and, and parents all around. And we get there, and there's really no one really walking outside. I'm like, is it the right day? Are we, is it the wrong time? Like, what's happening? So we were walking and we're trying to find the venue for this basic, you know, the celebration, the scholarship celebration. And, uh, you know, I then start seeing some kids here and there. So I was like, okay, so this, this is it. But where are the rest of the kids? There's supposed to be 5,000 kids here. So the man who is giving away all of this money gets on the stage and he says, I find it odd that this scholarship is titled $5,000 for 5,000 students and only 200 people applied. He was like, you know, we have money left over. So since we have money left over, then I'm going to give away five brand new cars. I'm serious. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm actually very serious. And he gave away five people, walked away with five brand new cars and $5,000, including, you know, the 200 kids who won $5,000. So just because you're not getting the yes, because I was getting a lot of no's before I got that yes, and I wanted to give up, but I still applied anyways. Don't allow a no to discourage you because when you give up, then you're really not going to get anything. But as long as you try, you may get something, and something more, like a car, you know? I thought you were going to be like, and then I woke up. I was like, oh, this is like fake. This is a fake story. Um, All right, cool. So... Although we could obviously ask questions forever, I wanted to open it up to you guys if you had any questions about scholarships or really anything, I guess. So. Yeah, don't be shy. Hi, um, my name is Ingrid. I'm a junior at the City College of New York. Um, my question is regarding scholarships and applying for them. I'm going into my last year of college and I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to do graduate school or anything. Do you think it's still worth it to kind of apply to, like, consistently apply to all these scholarships, even though it's, like, you know, it's kind of, like, the last year I'm already at, like, that finish line? Why? Yeah. Sure, why not? I mean, you need the money? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you apply. Absolutely. 
I applied for scholarships all throughout my college career, literally till the very end of my senior year. And so, and, and money still came in. So yes, continue to apply for sure. I'd, the only advice I'd give is find out the terms of the scholarship. Right. So sometimes the scholarship has to be applied directly to your tuition. And if you've already paid tuition, you just have, would have to figure out from your bursar's office if they could give you a refund. Thank you. Hello. Um, I'm Kirsten. I'm also from Ithaca College. Um, I was just wondering, I know you're talking about people who don't get the scholarship like on the first go or the second go or the third go. Like, what do you look for when you see people multiple times? Like, obviously, you want to see, like, growth and that they've, like, improved. But, like, specifically, what do you look for? I wouldn't necessarily say it's about being positive. I mean, you're probably already positive. That's what made you get there. But I definitely think growth. Sometimes it's maturity. Sometimes it's maturity. But I also think the the whole thing about authenticity, and, and because we're seasoned at doing this, we know who's authentic, and who really wants to be part of this because they want to be part of it, absolutely, hands down, it's essential that you get the money. That's why you're there. You're applying for scholarships, right? But there's a sense of really giving back that's essential. doesn't mean you volunteer for everything. Not everyone does that. But I think we, we get a sense of maturity, a little growth, authenticity. Maybe the need has changed and we feel like, okay, this year this person really needs the money. But it's all of those things that I think you already know that are essential for a person. But I also feel very strongly about people who, who try again. I think that speaks volumes about who people are. It's tenacity. It's essential. I would say also think about, uh, while you're in the process the first time, find if there's an opportunity to get feedback. Um, some of the scholarship processes I've been involved in, I have been able to give feedback. And typically, it's very general. But it will give you an insight into why you maybe ended up on the other side of the, of the pile. Yeah, I just want to throw in one thing, too, about New York Women in Communications. You can be a member even if you don't get a scholarship, right? So that's one of the criteria, hint, hint. If you're in that room, we make it very clear that even, even if you do not get the scholarship, especially if you're, uh, you're going, into, going into college or sophomore or junior, that you can still be a member. And if you come back a year later and you have not been a member, and especially if you live or go to school in New York City where you have access to all the wonderful things we do, that's a red flag. Just a little mention about that. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm also from Ithaca College. There's a lot of us. Um, what would you say is the biggest or most common mistake that an applicant can make, specifically in the interview process? That's such a good question. I can, not knowing your application, not knowing what you've said in the application. So being a so during my, my time applying for scholarships, I applied for many. I submitted different scholarships to so many different organizations. And there was an interview that popped up, and I went in there. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, they're probably going to just ask me some basic questions. No, all of the questions came from what I said in my application, and I could not remember what I said in my application. So please make sure that before you walk into an interview, you remember what you talked about in your essay, as well as what it is you were talking about in your resume and all of that other great stuff, because they will ask you about it. That's, that's where they get their questions from. It's from your application. So know your application, please. I'd say also, and it sounds so simple, 
know the organization because I was at the annual meeting the year that I won the scholarship and I was talking to a woman who had been interviewing people before and she said, we've interviewed great people and then we asked them the question, so why do you want to be a part of New York Wiki? And they go, um, uh, and that, they get stuck on that question and it's an immediate for them, like a a red flag, like Sandra was saying. Um, And just for another example, I was interviewing for an internship two days ago and it was kind of like a group interview setting and I was sitting next to a girl, and they asked us a question, like, why ABC? Like, why do you want to intern here? And she said, um... And she was waiting. I was like, girl, if there's one question you know it's going to get, you're going to get when you get here. It's why do you want this internship? You know, and I don't know still if I got it or I didn't get it, but I had that answer prepared. I had it down to, like, every specific word, why exactly I want to be here, um... And I think that helped me stand apart from at least her. I don't know. So I knew, didn't know why she wanted to be there. So that's good advice. I agree with both those things. One in my New York Wiki interview, um, any, if anyone knows Janet Dugo, I think I'm pronouncing that right. She literally read a line from my essay and goes, why did you write that? And I was like, I, I, and I like told her and she was like, oh, I just like didn't really agree. And she actually gave me like really good advice. And she was like, you should be marketing yourself like this instead. And I was like, thank you. But I literally was like, thank God I read my essay before because I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I had no idea. She literally picked out a line from this like 500 word essay and was like, tell me, tell me what this means. I was like, and then in the New York interview, like my, the first question on the phone was, do you, what is New York Women in Communications? I was like, and thank God I knew, obviously, but like really being prepared with like, it seems so simple, but like if you forget those really basic things, like why you applied, what you put in your essay, what your application materials are and what the organization is, like those are super red flags that are immediately going to like just knock you out of the application process. Thank you. Hello, my name is Tina Patakel. I'm a grad student at NYU. First, I want to thank you for making time to help us with their scholarship search. My question is regarding the graduate wiki scholarship. Um, I remember seeing that one of the requirements is to have two letters of recommendation, one from an instructor and another from an employer. Um, If you don't have an employer who's paid you, however, you have been thoroughly involved in on-campus activities through advocacy or communication work, is that sufficient to fulfill the requirement? Yes, it is. Thank yes, you. It is. <laughs> All right. That's See you in March. That's why um, I haven't applied yet. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you so I much. I mean, look, the, the truth of the matter is mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a tough group of people. Yeah. And some people will fight for... If, you ha- if you've done incredible work, because mm-hmm. that, that's what, it comes back to what I said about what colleges want from you and what your professors want from you. You can't wait to get into college because, and you're hoping they'll, they'll take you. But they also want a certain type of person. So it's a two-way relationship. It's not one way. So if you come with an incredible application and so maybe you don't have the employee that other, employer that other people have, mm-hmm. that gets weighted in some ways. There's hard and fast rules, um, but I would also say there's a little wiggle room depending on some factors. So apply. Okay. Thank you so much. I will. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. So if there was someone who I could have lunch with, um, it would either be Issa Rae or Ashley Acuna. I hope those are some names that people in here know. Um, (laughs) So... My question is for the scholarship recipients. Um, When I hear that 
um, in the interview phase, there's 10 plus women that you'll be selling yourself to, um, which with so much at stake, how do you remain connected to everyone in the room? How do you remain grounded? What advice do you have for those of us who will be applying here? I think going back to what we were saying before, I think that when you're prepared, when you prepare yourself, so again, doing what you can, to, doing what you can, right? So again, knowing your application, knowing the organization and going in there and just understanding that they're just people who are wanting to help you and invest yeah. in you. I think that that will allow you to kind of calm the nerves a little bit and just realize like, hey, they think that I'm an amazing person because they've called me back for an interview. So mm -hmm. why don't I just show that off when I go in there? Because that's what they want to hear about. That's what they want to sure. hear about is how amazing you are and, and, and all of that great stuff. So when you go in there prepared, for me, that helped a lot. When I know what it is that I'm going to go talk about, when I've done my research, then I go in there a lot more confident. Because, right. you know, I'm not going in there blindsided, you know, by yeah. anything. And, and, and then when they're receptive to that information, you know, whatever it is that I'm speaking about, then it just makes me feel great, you know. So just go in there confident, go in there knowing everything in regards to the organization and your application. And I think that the conversation will flow a lot smoother because mm -hmm. then you have something to talk about. I remember that um, I talked with... Um, the Park School was like an internship coordinator, kind of, and she had helped me every step of the way through my application. And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna, there's, they sent me this list of all the women that are going to be in this room, and they're really accomplished. Like, I've never done a group interview before what I do. And she, the biggest piece of advice she gave me was, um, if there's like, it's basically like you and then a table, and they're like on the other side of the table, she was like, don't just scan the table like this. Like, talk to one person and like whoever asks you the question and like take a moment to like look them in the eyes and like give every one of them your attention and don't you don't have to like go down the line like this and like be creepy about it but just like make sure that like it's okay to like kind of talk to one person and then like as maybe you're changing the subject talk to another person you don't have to feel like you're like scanning the room like this like a robot or like a automated fan or something um and then i was like like Sandra talked about, I came in literally with a notebook of notes. I don't know why, like, as if I was just going to read from it, but I had a question prepared for every single woman in the room, and then I had my And I remember questions. that, by the way, and that was a long time ago in my life, okay? <laughs> yeah, that was like, I felt, even if I didn't, I think I only got to like two of them, even though, like, in, at that point, by the end of the interview, I was like, I honestly just want to ask these questions because these women are so cool, but like... I walked in, I shook everyone's hand, I sat down, and then it is nerve-wracking at first, but they really make you feel so comfortable because you can tell that they've all read your application, they all think you're, like, cool somehow. Like, they're like, oh, that was cool that you did this. Like, I remember Sandra and I were talking about, like, this kid show that I did, and she was like, I love kids. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like, it was just pretty <laughs> chill. And um, even just going in and being like, okay, well, you know, worst comes to worst, I can't think of anything to say. Like, at least I have a question for every single one of them that I can ask. Um, so I think just like being overprepared and then also once you step in that room, like they really make you feel so comfortable. Yeah, I'm going to tell you two insider things. So one related to that is if you're authentic and you come being your true self, whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. <laughs> right. But I would also say in terms of the insider thing, if you've made it to that third group of 30 and even before that, and I said that before, we already think you're a winner. And one of the most difficult things is after, after two and a half days of interviewing remarkable, remarkable women from high school seniors to graduate students is at the end of the day, this group of 10 people or so, sit, we, it's a very difficult decision. 
it's a very difficult decision because you're already the cream. So the question then becomes this year, next year, who, when, and all of that. But if you go in there authentically, we're so good, we'll know if you are part of the tribe. And that's really a lot of what Lexi's saying. If you're yourself, we're, gonna, we're there to make you feel better, not worse. <laughs> that's really our job is so to make you feel better. So y'all are there to help. We are there to help <laughs> right, because you've right. made it that far and we know that our decision is not going to be the end or the beginning of your life, but certainly can make it more comfortable for those of you who absolutely need the money but can change your life. And I say that regardless of what happens, and Maria wants me to say this, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> Even if you don't get a scholarship, I highly recommend you become a member of this organization. I am here on a Saturday when my mom is in town, okay? And I make that trek because I fundamentally believe in the work that we do. And so it is essential that regardless of what happens, you will not find a better organization that supports women who go in the field of communications, but it's beyond that because of the intergenerational part of it is huge. So that's my spiel. I figured I'd say it. So do it. You've been listening to Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie hockheiser Ilkovich. Thank you to the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Chrisanne Grise, Kylie Harris, Elizabeth Roberts, Andrea Goldstein, Mandy Carr, and Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music. For more information about Coffee Break with New York Wiki, go to newyorkwiki.org slash podcast. That's nywici.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening.